Hello, and welcome to Twin It to Win It podcast. That's Aaron, host of It's a Fandom Thing podcast. And that's Jen, host of my streaming bubble, and we're podcast brain twins. We're getting better. That was a little more in sync, I felt like. But we're still not actually twins. <laughs> we still aren't. Yes. Nope, yes. still not twins. <laughs> we are back this month to test our podcast brain twinningness with the movie Bug from 2006. Does she love it? Does she hate it? If we guess right, we've twinned it. If we guessed wrong, then we haven't twinned it and we're not winning it. Sad face. Let's find out if we've twinned it. Woo! Cue witty banter! (laughs) (laughs) Witty banter. Uh, Cue witty banter. So, my little bit of uh, banter slash story from this last week was that I lightly poisoned myself by making (laughs) chlorine gas in the bathroom while I was cleaning it one day. Completely absent. I know better. I fucking know better than to mix chemicals and yet my dumbass was like i put the you know like the toilet bowl cleaner in the uh-huh. toilet started cleaning like the floor and other stuff and i was like oh, i don't know if that's gonna be enough i'll go grab the bleach and i poured the bleach in there and then when i started scrubbing the toilet <laughs> the fumes hit me and i just started coughing up a storm <laughs> oh my god i was fine like i got the window open and like the fan on and you know i had to flush the toilet and Shut the bathroom door and got out of there. But I was like, I was like, whoo. Told my husband, I was like, I think I just made some noxious gas. And he's like, it happens. <laughs> Dumb ways to die. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me think of that little. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Darwin Award for sure. And then I was telling my coworker, one of my coworkers about it. And she was like, She's like, do you know how to make mustard gas? Because I was talking about chlorine gas. And I was like, yeah, it's this and this. And she's like, or meth. And I was like, well, yeah, because of course, like, what the fuck? (laughs) So her story from there was that her, because she's got daughters that are like, this is their freshman year at the university. They're at a party. Someone was doing meth. They put it in the toilet and poured bleach in it. And it released mustard gas and everyone had to be a vac. And, you know, kids ran and everything. So... I was just like, that is a very odd, it's very odd timing that you have a mustard gas story and I have a chlorine gas story all within a week. <laughs> wow. Wow. Remember, don't try any of this stuff at home. Everybody. Yeah, don't do any of this stuff. This was this was so fucking stupid. I just I could not even believe how just like my brain just poof disappeared. But I lived. I'm fine. So wow. It's my wow. that's what I've been up to this <laughs> in these last few weeks. I have nothing to top that. Nothing to even come close to that. <laughs> like I don't know. I, I think well, that's I, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I did fall. Oh no, actually, I have a story that doesn't come close to that. But this was a couple weeks ago. So I get back from walking early in the morning. Get back from the walk, and I go make myself some oatmeal. I will never know how I did this, but I'm walking out of the kitchen and I have like stackable washer dryer in the kitchen too. just that's just for reference for what happened. But 
And all of a sudden, the little bowl of oatmeal flew out of my hand, landed on the floor, somehow did not break, but the oatmeal flew everywhere. It flew all over my hair, my glasses, my face, my clothes, and everything like the washer and dryer the walls the f- everything it was mess it was so gross and it was a mess and it was just like i was just like oh my god and i still <laughs> to this day do not know how that bowl did not break because the bowl landed on the floor but it did not break it didn't even have a crack in it didn't chip nothing miracle bowl i guess i don't yeah. know <laughs> and then later that night yeah, later that night I'm walking, it's dark out, and I hit a patch of ice and fall on my ass. So it was a day. It was a day. I made a Just whole TikTok stuff. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I was having a day. I was like, dumb ways to die, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the oatmeal would have been the really dumb way. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about the oatmeal like going all these places, and all I can yes. think is like how big a bowl of oatmeal is this? Is this like Papa Bear size? Like Goldilocks? No. Like <laughs> little tiny little bowl, like not a regular bowl, like a tiny little bowl, like one of those little like pouches of oatmeal. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just put in a little bowl, put water in there and microwave it for like mm-hmm. two minutes. That's what I'm talking about. It was a small <laughs> little thing. And it just went everywhere. All over my glasses was like the worst. I was like, I can't see. Yeah. So I have to clean my glasses first. And then my hair, it was everywhere in my hair. It was, yeah. So then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take another shower. So it's like, it was so, (laughs) it was so frustrating. Yeah. That's, that's not a fun way to start the day. No. And so I had to change everything basically that I was wearing, of course. (laughs) And well, because I had to take a shower, but I had to change everything because like everything was like covered in oatmeal. And then later on that night, I go and fall on my ass and my whole ass, everything is wet because I fell on, slipped on some black ice. So, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. So Jen and I have experienced something so close to what our characters in our movie to date experience. (laughs) So close. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And again, the movie we're talking about today is Bug from 2006. And this one was picked by Aaron. I have not seen it. You were pretty, you were very like, this is the one we're doing. You knew like right away. So that made me a little nervous. I'm still a little nervous. (laughs) I still have to guess. And I'm like, I don't know. Made you nervous, huh? (sighs) <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Just the look on your face there. It's like, <laughs> but <laughs> this is Aaron's pick. And let's see, we'll go ahead and I guess we'll do our spoiler warnings and synopsis and trigger warnings. So uh, Aaron, since you picked, you get to read the IMDb synopsis. Your favorite. <laughs> My favorite. An unhinged war veteran, played by Michael Shannon, holds up with a lonely woman, played by Ashley Judd, in a spooky Oklahoma motel room. The line between reality and delusion is blurred as they discover a bug infestation. And I'll just quickly say it was directed by William Friedkin, 
The writer was Tracy Letts, who it's based on Tracy Letts' play as well. Michael Shannon was also in the play. It also stars Harry Connick Jr. as Jerry Goss and Lynn Collins as R.C. So trigger warnings, Jen. Spousal abuse, missing kidnapped children, self-harm, mutilation. Those were kind of the big ones that really stood out. Am I missing anything? Mental illness. Mental like illness. Psychosis, yeah. hallucinations, PTSD. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Gaslighting. Gaslighting. The U.S. government. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. (laughs) The most important one, maybe. (laughs) Dingy motel room. Um, Yep. (laughs) Crack pipes. Crack pipes. (laughs) Alcoholism. Nipples. Um, (laughs) Nipples. It's true. (laughs) All right. And now... (laughs) We'll give our own brief synopsis, kind of our own little summary of this movie. And Aaron, would you like to go first? If I have to. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yes, <laughs> I'll go first. Okay. So this is really hard for me. Uh, two lonely people find themselves lost in their own sea of delusion as they come together in a dingy motel room in Oklahoma. Very good. So what I came up, what I managed to think of this afternoon was a lonely, desperate woman with questionable taste and cocktail choices. Vodka and Coke, ew. That's true. (laughs) So gross. (laughs) So gross. (laughs) I was like, I think you have more problems than, you know, your missing kid. Anyway, (laughs) finds itchy comfort in the arms of a paranoid, delusional, but sometimes kind of makes a little bit of sense, veteran. I love the itchy comfort. Itchy comfort. <laughs> okay. Now, on to the part that I've been kind of dreading all day, because I have gone back and forth all day long on what your thoughts are and your rating. You know, because like I said, you were you knew right away that this was the movie we were going to discuss. And I felt like that was an indicator of, Just one extreme or another. Either you really like this movie or you really don't like this movie. So after kind of thinking about (laughs) going back and forth and finally a coin toss, I'm going to... Coin toss. (laughs) I think that you really like this movie. I know you're not always a big fan of how mental illness is portrayed in, in media, movies and shows and everything. So... I'm not entire, like, I feel like you might have a little issue with that, but also, like, it's Michael Shannon, so, (laughs) like, something's going to be forgiven. Like, I think you really enjoyed, like, the performances, because those were strong, and just kind of, like, the subject of, like, this this guy that's, like, so paranoid and delusional, he just kind of, it just seeps into Ashley Judd's character, and it's kind of that slow descent into, of her falling into that paranoid world with him. So yeah, I think that you like this movie. And I think like you like maybe some more of like the technical stuff, like some of the shots and like the little bit more of the close-ups, like when Ashley Judd's telling like her tragic stories and just kind of a lot of that emotion, the performances in it. So I ended up with that you really like it and you gave it 7.6 bugs out of 10. I like that you said bugs. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. 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 (laughs) 
Okay, so this is this is actually really hard. I'm like when I was rewatching this last night, I was trying to rewatch it in your mind in a way too <laughs> to kind of see how will Jen feel about this movie since I know you've never seen it before. So I do I do think you liked it, especially the performances and especially Michael Shannon. I think you liked how kind of how out there it was and how bizarre it was and creepy but i i think maybe you wish it had been a little bit more creepy in some respects or maybe like i think you probably when it ended you went what the fuck i can just picture you saying what the fuck when it ended and so i think you really liked it but there might have been a couple of things holding you back from loving it and i think you would have given it a 6.5 on the Richter scale, <laughs> out of a bug, six point five bugs. <laughs> I liked your approach there, trying to watch it in through my eyes, with my mind, and I'm sorry <laughs> you put yourself through that, but thank you. <laughs> well, I was like, I was because I was trying to picture. I'm like, how is she? Yeah. So, so now, so now we get to reveal. All right. So let's see. Do you want to reveal first, then? I'll reveal first. Okay. I love this movie very, very much. And I think this is a very underrated movie. This movie was advertised horribly. And it was advertised horribly because Lionsgate had made all this money from the Saw films. So they wanted to advertise it more like a Saw movie. And this is not a Saw movie at all. Mm -mm. And I remember vividly when I saw this movie in the theater by myself in Taos, New Mexico, and I just remember vividly watching it because I had no idea what to expect from this movie. And the fact that it is such a psychological mind trip and it's so claustrophobic too. And it's so intimate at the same time. And the characters are so interesting to watch. And it's interesting you mentioned the mental illness thing because I actually have no issues with the way mental illness is handled in this because I honestly think I, I've, I've known people, I've s met people, seen people that go to extremes to this, that are at a place like this. I know someone who I never want to see them. They're very scary when they go into that kind of place. And it is this delusion and this sense of everybody's out to get you. And this is very much a paranoid schizophrenic who also has PTSD. And I'm talking about Michael Shannon's character. And I wasn't familiar with Michael Shannon. This this was, I mean, it, they had to fight to get Michael Shannon in this movie because that's that's who that's who William Friedkin was like, no, he was in the play. I want him in this movie. He's mm -hmm. gonna be in this movie. They wanted like a known star because, you know, Ashley Judd is known and nobody really mm -hmm. knew Michael Shannon. And so I'm so glad that they won that because he's so good. I would love to see this on stage. I I can't even imagine seeing this on stage would be quite an experience, I think. And I'd love to see it on stage sometime. But I, I think it is just such a really tragic story of two people that are so alone and so desperate for connection with somebody that they just fall into each other and they find that connection with each other in a very tragic, horrific way. And you watch it, like you watch scenes with, with especially with Ashley Judd's character, where you see 
when she starts to fall into that and how she's so desperate for that connection that she just kind of shuts off that logical part of herself. And so I I love this movie. When I was watching it last night, I still loved it, but it but my rating went down one notch, but you're but you're I I gave it an 8 on IMDb. So you're you're accurate, but I I do. I just absolutely love this movie and I think it is one of the most underrated films like ever, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, like with the mental illness thing, because I'm like, yeah, I know how she feels about like when it's portrayed poorly. And I did struggle with that. I was like, I don't think it was really considering, you know, the parent that, you know, he's paranoid schizophrenic and everything and just really kind of how how unpredictable that can be. I was like, maybe maybe she doesn't mind it in this one. (laughs) Yeah, that's about as far as I went. (laughs) So. Yeah, so with your your reasoning and everything, and for me, pretty much fucking nailed it. So I I really liked, there's a lot of things I really liked about this movie. I did like the ending, even though there was still a little bit of like, the fuck? Like, that's it? That's it? And then I sat <laughs> through the credits and everything, because I was like, just in case there's a little something. And then that final shot, I was like, now what the fuck? <laughs> so, but I... I I did like a bit of like that the body horror like I I mean it really <laughs> makes my skin crawl but it like it just oh I I hate it but I love it at the same time so like when he does the whole like pull his teeth out like I was all like ah! but I also knew that was gonna happen I just had this feeling I even wrote it down I was like he's gonna yank his tooth out at some point. And he did. And then he yanked another one out. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So I enjoyed those parts. I really enjoyed the performances. I thought they were strong. I love Ashley Judd. I really liked this cast, too. Not a great big cast, but and that's fine. But I liked it. I wasn't expecting to hate Harry Connick Jr., but, you know, that's where we ended up. And then kind of by the end, I'm like, am I happy he's here now? Like, what is happening to me? (laughs) But... uh, yeah, so I like that. And I do like that it all, for the most part, all takes place in the hotel room. So it does give that claustrophobic feeling and kind of almost puts you in there with them where there's parts where you're just like, maybe he's not crazy. Mm-hmm. No, no, he's he's banana pants. But I, I just like that it really kind of pulled you in that way. And I, I, I agree. I think this would be amazing to see on stage i would i think if i saw this on stage i'd probably fucking love it i could see it being amazing and working probably better on stage than it did on screen so there's definitely things that i really really liked about it i don't hate this movie by any means but i did give it a six Ah. I wrote it as six. So it's just kind of like in the middle ish for me. And I'm like, I enjoyed it. And there's a couple parts where I'm like, have I seen this before? Just a few familiar parts. And I'm like, nothing else stuck out. So I was like, I probably was just like flipping channels or something and caught bits and pieces and was like, the fuck is this weird shit? Click. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, well, well, I'm glad that you did like it because honestly, I was really excited to suggest it. But I was also nervous because I love this movie. And I, I think it's it's one of those that – and I hadn't watched it in years, honestly. Watching it last night was the first time I'd watched it in a long time. 
And uh, it's one of those that when I know people can handle some of the stuff in it, I will recommend it. This is not a movie for everyone by any Mm -mm. means at all. And I do think, you know, maybe some hardcore horror fans wouldn't like it because they might think it's boring. But I don't necessarily agree with that. But but I think it's one of those that's tough to recommend in a way because of the fact that it is like kind of unrelenting in a way of like the psychological stuff mm-hmm. and how it just keeps going and going. And because this was advertised so much like there really were bugs and there are no there aren't bugs. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a hallucination. Mm-hmm. And it's a group psychosis with just two people. So it's, you know, they're shared, they're having a shared delusion and it just happens to be bugs. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a, it, to me, it was just such an interesting film that I wish had been marketed differently. I think if this film had been marketed for what it was, I think it actually might've done better because this flopped mm-hmm. big time. But I, And I think that's because it was word of mouth. Like people went, well, this is not what you think it's going to be. I mean, yeah. when I saw this in the theater, there's a couple of things that stuck out to me before the movie started. Like, number one, someone brought their seven-year-old child to see this movie. I am not kidding. I, that was my guess of his age. He could have been a little bit older, a little bit younger. Sure. And oh. I'm like, you brought your young child to see this movie? And then they had, before the movie started, they had a five-minute preview of the next hostile movie and i'm like your little kid is sitting here oh watching this and then they're gonna watch this movie and i kept thinking as much as i was into the movie i was also like i cannot believe this little boy is in here watching this movie Mm -hmm. so that bothered me that really stuck out to me because this is not a movie for little kids oh no not at all (laughs) there are a lot of adults that i don't think could handle this movie so you know Mm -hmm. But I do think it's one where I'm always nervous when I've shown it to people or when I recommend it because I'm always like, are people they're gonna love it or not? And like when we posted, when I posted on Facebook last, I watched it on Valentine's Day, by the way, everybody. <laughs> and I posted on Facebook, what a great movie to you know watch on Valentine's Day, and I didn't give my thoughts. And the people that liked that post, other than you, and. There was one comment, are the only people that I would have thought might have been like, oh, this is, I like this movie because, I don't know, because of the body, the body horror in it to, to a degree and also the mm-hmm. psychological stuff. It's so much about character and the, the performances are so, so good. I mean, there are lines in this that if the performance doesn't work and the actor doesn't believe what they're saying will make you crack up. Mm-hmm. Or could like. When Ashley Judd, towards the end, and her character's name is Agnes, she goes by Aggie, when she says at the end, I'm the mother bug, mm-hmm. and she's she's naked, and she's just, like, looking up and screaming it, like, she has to believe that line, and she has to actually believe that she believes this to be true, and she's gone to the point of no return at that point. She's totally full-blown psychosis, and it's right before they light each other on fire and die presumably i mean i still i think they're dead but <laughs> but <laughs> but when she says that she says it in such a way where at least for me i'm sure there are people that laughed at it because of the line but for me she did it in such a believable way that i felt that there it was kind of horrific 
kind of terrifying in a way, only because I worried for her. My heart felt so, I was like, she went from one abusive relationship that was physically abusive Mm -hmm. to honestly, this is an abusive relationship. Yes, I completely agree. And so she went from one abusive relationship with her ex-husband, played by Harry Connick Jr., to this psychologically abusive relationship with a person who comes off as very sweet and sincere in the beginning and very quiet and unassuming, but he's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the uh, yeah the super mother bug. That was definitely a moment yeah. where I agree. Like, yeah, if she wasn't. Because that is a line. <laughs> but it really is to that point of like, oh, shit, she's gone. Like, she not only in the deep end, she's like way the fuck out there. Actually, one of my favorite moments in this movie was towards the end, kind of right before the whole super mother bug. And she's her wheels are going and she's putting together the paranoid and the all the paranoia and the conspiracy. And RC is a spy and like all this shit i'm just like no (laughs) it's like oh fuck but it was so good because she kept going and she kept building more momentum and i love that like michael shannon's character peter he didn't say anything he didn't egg her on at any point during any of that and it really was just like she fed into all of it and just went head on with it and I was actually kind of impressed. I was like, that's all banana pants. But like the way she just kept going, (laughs) I was like, holy shit. That was definitely, yeah, I think one of my, one of my favorite parts. Like I said, I love Ashley Judd. So once I saw the cast, I was like, oh, okay. I like these people. It does start off a bit slow because I was like, okay. You know, like she's in the she's in the hotel room. Phone keeps ringing, blah, blah, blah. She goes to work with, you know, an RC and then back to the hotel and party and Michael Shannon's there. And I'm like, all right, now that RC has left to go do RC things and it's just Peter and Aggie, I was like, all right, shit's going to start going. And and not knowing what was going to happen I mean, I think this is something, a movie that could have easily just like had people like not paying attention on their phone or whatever. But I was so curious as to like, where is this going? What's going to happen? So I was like, I was all in and I think I was watching it on Pluto. So like during commercials, I'm like trying to kind of look some stuff up, but nothing too spoilery and everything. So saw the stuff about it being on being based on the play. And so by the end, I was like, this would be so fucking good on stage. And I think I think at that point, that's when I was like, I th- I think that's why maybe I'm, I'm just imagining what it would be like as a stage production. And I'm already blown away by it. <laughs> so I think my expectations for that are are high enough now where the movie's fine. It's good. But I I just think. I just think it was missing something. I I don't know what, but just for me personally to push me over to that, I love it stage. So, but it was, the performances are great. I Oh my God. I would love to see this performed live on stage with Michael Shannon. That would be so amazing. Oh, Oh, I know. And I just have to say, I'm super impressed with Michael Shannon being naked, but not showing his wiener once. Like, 
party pooper, but also like, damn, that's like really good, like self awareness. <laughs> yeah, a seasoned professional, not showing his wiener. <laughs> well, it, the reason I think it'd be so, I honestly think I would probably cry if I saw this on on stage because mm-hmm. the emotions are so palatable in this anyway, and you can feel the emotions and you can feel that heightened, like great craziness although sometimes i hate using that word but but that heightened where they are going over to that psychosis and really losing their the thread to reality Mm -hmm. and the emotions of that are so strong where it's not just like i want to stress and this is why i don't have a problem with the way mental illness is portrayed in this film because to me it's not like they're saying "Woo, look at this crazy guy right they're more like Showing what can really truly happen to somebody if you are not treating your mental illness, number one. Number two, if you find someone who not only isn't going to help, which I'm not saying she should have helped him treat his mental illness, but is not only going to not help you, but is going to feed into your delusions, how easily you can fall into whatever your mind is your enemy when you have a mental illness. So your mind is trying to tell you this and that and this and that and show you, literally show you things for him. He was seeing those bugs. He Mm -hmm. was seeing those bugs. She was eventually seeing them too. I I don't think to the same degree as him, but he was seeing them. He was hearing them. He was feeling them biting him. He thought they were in his teeth. He Mm -hmm. thought there was an egg sac in his teeth. He thought they were under his skin. He thought they were everywhere. And so his brain has told him that, and he doesn't have anything to stop that, doesn't have anyone to try and really rationally sit there a professional and talk him out of it and then instead of that he finds someone who is so lost and lonely and scared and grieving she is grieving the loss of her son mm-hmm. and so he's able to kind of latch onto that and she latches onto him the same way and so she's so desperate to hang on to him that there's a part of her that goes okay I am going to go ahead and ramp up this delusion. Like in that scene where she's going off and off, it's like she has this, there's this threat of she might lose him. So I will ramp it up and I'll keep going with the delusion and I'll make it even bigger. So he knows I'm there for him. So he knows I'm not going to leave him. And then maybe he won't leave me kind of thing. It's wild. It was, it was very, very interesting to watch that whole kind of, descent of 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 agnes and it's like when peter shows up based on the synopsis you're like okay here's our you know our our veteran that's you know mentally ill or whatever was in the in the synopsis and it's like okay one second like he's he's chill and then he says something conspiracy and weird. And it started off so small. The first two, I yeah. don't remember what they were. I, I wish I would have written them down. But the first two he kind of mentions, especially that first one, there's a little bit of like, oh, okay, maybe. And then the second one, it's like, eh, now we're now we're kind of stepping out of realism. But, you know, don't trust your government, kids. So you never know. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, and then he just kind of goes on and on. So it was interesting to see that it's like he starts off with these easier to to accept kind of conspiracies and with Ashley with Aggie being kind of where she's at she just she believes it all and 
first one, it's like, okay, plausible, I guess. And, and yeah, just because she's lost and she needs someone to, she needs somebody because she talks about how lonely she is and how she'd rather talk about bugs with him than nothing with anybody. And you're just like, oh God, that was a really sad line, actually. Very sad. Yeah, it was, it was so fat. And I, oh, did I say I love Ashley Judd? Because I do. <laughs> she did such a great job. And I loved that her look, like she's very obviously, like you said, in mourning, she's not in a good place. One of my first notes was like, so if actors have to look disheveled with maybe like unkempt, greasy hair, do they show up on set with like clean washed hair and then makeup greases it up? Or do they like not like not wash their hair for a couple of days and get that more natural look? Because like she was looking rough city. I was like, this is she's not looking good. I don't things aren't going to go well for her. So. But uh, and then there was like another scene with her where Goss is there in the morning and like she's in her nightgown and everything. And she goes and I don't know why this stuck out, but she goes and she sits down on the couch. But like and she's in a nightgown, but she's not she doesn't sit down with like her legs all close together or like trying to cover up, like push her nighty down in between her legs. She just kind of sits there like you would sit if you just plop down and you're just like, God damn, my fucking ex is here. You're not thinking about that stuff. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like these little things within the performance that I was like, it's really selling it. You know what I mean? Like, she's really like, I'm really believing Ashley Judd is in a bad spot. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's so flipping good. Oh, she's amazing in this. I And I do really, really enjoy the the performances. I mean, even <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. was so fucking terrible. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a role where... I hated him so much, mm-hmm. but his entrance was so sexy. <laughs> Steamy shower, no shirt. And I was like, oh, no, it's the evil ex. <laughs> and he put his shirt on. No. <laughs> yeah. And and I and I did want to point out, though, a couple of th- another thing here, too, with Peter and his delusions and the government and how there are things that you're like, oh, there are a couple things he mentions when he's talking about things the government have done it's done in the past that are true. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Tuskegee thing this, with the syphilis, that's all true. Yep. So it's like stuff that he is mentioning, it, it seems far out on paper, but it's stuff that the government has actually done. So it's like, if you take those things and you see the reality of how certain things can be done, it's easy to see how if somebody like Aggie, who's in this place of mourning and desperation and loneliness, like desperate loneliness and also fear. And I think she also, you know, when her ex shows up when he and he hits her mm-hmm. and hits her hard mm-hmm. and then he, and then Peter shows up right after that. And I think. The way Peter reacts to all of that uh, is almost like for her in her mind, like he's showing up like a knight in shining armor kind of thing. Yep. And he's yep. so the opposite of her ex-husband, like mm-hmm. completely opposite. And so she latches onto that. And and like there's there's so many amazing things that Ashley Judd does with that performance where you watch her battling her own self of like i really shouldn't be falling for this guy but Mm -hmm. then you see her change her mind and like when he because peter has been saying he's not really in he doesn't really want to have like physical relations with any woman he's not really into that thing he doesn't do that stuff anymore and then 
It's after her ex has left and they're standing there in the kitchen and he's bought like the muffins and they're talking. And then he's like, you know, I've ne- I haven't wanted to be with a woman, you know, physically in a long time, but I could see being with you. Mm-hmm. And you see her taking that in and she kind of lets out a sob. Mm-hmm. And then she stands up and she's like, well, come here, boy. Mm-hmm. And she does it in this way where it's like, she, it's almost like she's happy to hear this, but she's also scared of this and she's mm-hmm. excited about it and she's scared and she's, and it's incredible that how much is in that little tiny sob and then her switching to more of the power part. I don't know. That was just, to me, that was just such, uh, such an in- interesting scene to watch because so often in this movie, you see her doing little things where you can see her her logical part of her is being like yelling and screaming at her. This is not what you want to do, but she's all about the emotions. She's running completely on emotion and not on the logic of it because, and she's also suffering from PTSD. So I think there's that too, but. Yeah, I definitely thought, you know, Peter's timing for when he comes back, when Goss is there definitely had a big impact on, how Aggie was going to latch on to Peter. Cause now it's like, well, you can stay here. I feel, you know, like you said, it's the complete opposite. And Peter's like, I don't like what he did to you and all of this stuff. So it's like, now you have someone that's expressing that they, they, in a way that they care about you and they, they're worried about you. And she's never had that before, you know? And then he can tell that she's lying about not having a kid. And then, you know, and it, that story was sad, but, but yeah, then the, but yeah, so the whole, like, come here, boy. At first I was like, what is happening? Like, you are not ready for this. Like just in her voice and even a little bit, like you said, she's fighting herself. So, but then through the, the nipple scenes, it's not even a sex scene. There was so many <laughs> nipple shots. I swear to God, at one point it was just like nipple for seven seconds. Like, <laughs> Why? It's true. It's true. It's the most unsexy sex scene ever. <laughs> but like during that, you know, the Aggie, there's a moment where she's like kind of crying, you know, she's having that reaction to probably of not being with someone for a long time and all the emotions that go in with that. And eventually she's like laughing and, and enjoying herself. So that was just kind of hard to watch in the sense that like you think you know what you want and you think you want this but you don't this is not what you need (laughs) so much so but at the same time it's like you're kind of happy for her that she has this brief moment of like happiness like joy and like feeling good and everything so and then yeah immediately afterwards he wakes up because he's got the bugs and down that rabbit hole they go. Yeah, and it's interesting how how that happens because it's like from from Peter's point of view what I think kind of happens with Peter there is Peter lets down his guard and becomes vulnerable with her too. Like he he really feels drawn to her and an instant connection to her and he cannot let go of 
his paranoia. He cannot let go of his fear. And I think a big reason is I think he's afraid if he lets go of that and lets go of those delusions that he'll have to actually deal with whatever trauma he hasn't dealt with. And so I think you kind of see that, like he's let down his guard. He's had this very intimate moment. He's had sex with her and he hasn't been with a woman in a long time. And that's something he's just, he had decided before and he wasn't going to do. And he's really intimate with her and he's still vulnerable. They're still both. One thing I want to say I really appreciate is they're both completely naked afterwards in most movies. Mm -hmm. It's like, so they just immediately put their clothes on. And as I really appreciated that, I want to just say uh, it was very real. It was yes. very real. And so, you know, he, he, I think, had that moment of like pure vulnerability. And then there was a part of him that went, no, I can't be completely vulnerable. So I'm going to go to this weird delusion. So anyway, so yeah, I think a lot of that was him, him being afraid of being that vulnerable mm -hmm. with her. So, yeah. So I do still have questions. So, all right. I guess my first question is, who do you think was calling on the phone, both in the beginning and then it happens again, I think like after they have sex and Peter answers the phone, because I'm like, maybe don't let the paranoid person answer the phone that keeps ringing with no one on the other end. So, you know, because in the beginning, she thinks it's her ex that he's, you know, he's out of prison or whatever and he's calling her and but no one's speaking and it's just static what who do you think or what do you think that was all about i think if it wasn't her ex i think it was whoever that guy was that her ex was mentioning was going to come mm. and looking okay. for him i i don't think it has anything to do with like peter or any kind of delusion or, or the government i always thought that was something that was much more not benign, but benign in comparison to like the delusions. So I always thought that was something more, you know, having to do with her husband and her, but not having to do with any of this thing. I don't know. That makes sense. Cause I like that, you know, cause these more normal kind of things happening that feed into that they twist to fit their delusions, you know, because there was yeah. the moment, too, where he's talking about, you know, like what the government did to him. And you hear the the sounds of a helicopter. I just thought that was part of him remembering, you know, his PTSD or whatever. She comes out of the bathroom and they hug each other. And then you hear it's like the helicopter's right over them. The room is starting to shake. And I'm just kind of like, what now? Is this is this real? Was he like what <laughs> it wasn't you know because then at the end when they're all in the tinfoil room and they've got all the bug zappers and everything they and and goss is pounding on the door trying to get in inside the room everything is shaking for them you know and outside it's it's not it's fine we see that it's nothing really is happening so initially i'm like oh shit how much of this is like actually real. See, this stuff like kind of gets into you. Those bugs spread. <laughs> but now, you know, obviously in like retrospect, it's like that's truly the moment where I think she bought into everything because she's looking around like the room is shaking, like she's the one seeing it. So now she has joined in the delusion party. And so, yeah, 
no actual helicopters or anything. But for a second, they had me going. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think really the scene that's so interesting to me is when he is telling her the army stuff and she's in the bathroom. And at first you hear him and you don't see him and you just watch her face. And it's like she's trying to decide because right before that they had had kind of a mm-hmm. fight almost. And she's like, because he's like, I don't want to drag you into this. I don't want to make you scared. And he leaves and she's just like, you asshole kind of thing. And, you know, she finally she'd opened up to someone and hadn't done that in forever. And then when he comes back and, you know, she goes into the bathroom and he's talking and telling her and all this stuff and being very open and vulnerable and you watch her face in the bathroom and it's like she has to make this decision. Am I going to go along with what he's saying or am I going to not? And she decides, I really think she decides I'm going to go along with this. And once she decides I'm going to go along with this, then it becomes real for her. Because I think up to that point, she was just like, okay, I guess I see a bug here. I don't mm-hmm. know. Do aphids even mm-hmm. bite? Which they don't. But, you know, so like, I think, I guess you're right. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that must, okay, okay, I'll go along with this. And, you know, even when they're stripping the sheets, she just, she's just like, you've got a nice body. She's not even thinking of it in the way of like, okay, this is starting this road that I need to get mm-hmm. out of. And so I think she decides that. And so when she opens the door, it's just like, I don't want to mm-hmm. be alone is basically what she's she's telling him. They hold on to each other. And so that's when she can feel it because she's like, in order for me to be with this person, I have to believe everything he's saying. And so she just decides mm-hmm. to do it. It's kind of, it's really because I think she has never dealt with the fact that she was in an abusive relationship. And so she's kind of, her mind is, haven't dealt with that PTSD, the trauma from that. And so she's latching on to another abusive relationship without without necessarily knowing it, but because she feels safe in that kind of thing where it's this heightened reality, then she does it. But yeah, I, I love that that scene so much. And I and I love that the film does towards the end make it very clear, if you weren't clear before, that this is delusion. I think that's very important in a movie like this because People could still say if they hadn't had that with the room shaking and then showing Harry Connick Jr.'s character sharing Goss Mm -hmm. outside and it not shaking. I think if they hadn't done that, I think people could still at the end be like, well, maybe it wasn't a delusion, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, because with with her deciding to believe him, you know, when you're just talking about that, just that, you know, her opening the doors, her opening it up and being like, I mean, just more than symbolic it's just like okay here you are i'm i'm going to embrace this and i'm going to embrace you and now the room is shaking uh, well okay then yeah so then okay with that very very last shot all the way after all the credits cuz it's the same one that like i think starts the movie cuz i watched it on pluto so i'm assuming like no little glitches or anything it starts off real quick kind of the shot of the the doctor his his doctor that comes to try and peter's doctor tries to come and get him at the end that he ends up killing it's his body on the floor in the bug zapper tinfoil room and then the movie starts and starts the story so we get that same shot at the very very end 
And all I could think is like, okay, so maybe none of the fire stuff happened because he still had like a partner outside. So maybe he came in and like stopped them from burning themselves up or something, or I, I'm not sure, but what, do you have any theories on that? Or what do you think? You're smiling like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, I know. I actually don't know. I actually that's that's there's a couple of things that I'm not I'm not positive on because I do I frankly do think they light themselves on fire. I think it's one of those where it's like I think there's a second right when they do it where especially Aggie realizes, oh shit, what the hell did I just do? And it's kind of like they they say that a, that when you talk to people who are who are suicide survivors and they talk about that like people that have jumped off of like the Golden Gate Bridge that kind of stuff and have sort of actually survived and they talk about the second you they jump off all of a sudden you go shit I don't I want to live like they all of a sudden it's like that just goes away and they want to live I'm not saying this is true for mm-hmm. all survivors but i'm just saying i think there might have been a little bit of that with her that's just kind of my interpretation of that scene in the end because it is like they're killing each other but they're killing themselves yeah. too so trigger warning i guess oh, yeah sorry <laughs> for for su- I, no no i mean this movie is so heavy that but i so i don't know i've always wondered that of like the last little thing that you see is the shot of like all of the toys from mm-hmm. her son and the bicycle, her her son's bicycle or tricycle. And so I've always, I'm not quite sure what that means to be quite honest. And and I've watched this movie a few times. I've, I wrote a paper about this movie years and years ago. So I've analyzed this movie at length, but for some reason I can't quite comprehend. I don't know why I can't, but I can't comprehend why that scene is in there or the beginning scene. I don't know. So I, I didn't help you with that question. Maybe people that are listening, if you want to tell us your theories on it. So we are have we, we we've had a couple technical snafus, mm-hmm. everybody. So we're gonna actually probably wrap up. There might have been more we wanted to say, but we are gonna wrap up here in a second. But 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 yes, if anybody has any theories on that, on those two scenes, please mm-hmm. let us know. So please, yeah. please, because I I agree. I think like right as soon as like the flames, like right as soon as he lit the match, because we see Aggie's face and she almost does have like an oh shit kind of moment. Yeah. So, oh, very interesting. And I I do like movies that don't answer everything and kind of can leave a lot out there for discussion, for theories and everything. I think that makes it a lot more fun and, you know, engaging, obviously. So I enjoy that. This wild, itchy movie. <laughs> itchy. I don't like it. I don't like feeling like itchy like that. Like I don't like spiders. So in the summertime, hair brushes my cheek. I freak out. <laughs> so I'm glad there weren't actual bugs because I don't think I could have handled that. <laughs> yeah. I, d- I did want to quickly just do one quote that I wanted to say from here because there are a couple of funny things. Peter's character says to Aggie, I am from Beaver. And she's like, we're all from Beaver, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I just love that line. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to say that one. 
Because <laughs> that line just cracks me up for some reason every time. Oh, so. classic. All right. Well, this was an interesting pick. I did enjoy it. If it ever like were to come on TV or whatever, I'm not changing the channel. Let's just say that. So you were you 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 nailed it. You guessed right with me. So <laughs> right in the middle. So I was watching it through your eyes, which <laughs> sounds creepier than I mean it to sound. But a kind of goes with the movie, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad that you did enjoy it. So I'm glad because I really was like determined this was going to be the one. I was it just hit me, and I was so glad I had already put it on the list of possibilities. And Michael Shannon can do no wrong. I I adore that man. He is one of the best actors around. Mm-hmm. And when that TikTok was going around with unconventional crushes that you have on celebrities that's the first person that popped in my mind because i just i he's he's just, and he's so much fun to watch because mm-hmm. he's like you don't know what to expect and yeah i just i i love him yeah he was great in this everyone was great so yeah. all right well let's go ahead and promote this podcast and our podcasts so for this one Twin it to win it. You can follow us because I actually have it written down. So I want to read it. (laughs) You can follow us on Twitter at twin it to win pod. No second it in that Facebook, Instagram and threads as twin it to win it pod. And you can listen to us on almost all podcast players. So you should do that because we're awesome. Aaron, why don't you tell us about your podcasts? Yeah, I have, I have, this is my third one. So I have three or my say, I don't know how, whatever order. So my main podcast is it's a fandom thing and covering fandom and pop culture, primarily from the female perspective. And you can find us on Instagram threads, TikTok and Facebook at it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. We're on all the podcast platforms, including Jen's favorite Pandora. (laughs) I can't even believe that place is still relevant. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And then the third podcast I co-host is It's a Dean Thing. I co-host that with Paula and Susie. And we talk about the fictional character Dean Winchester from Supernatural. And that's a bi-weekly podcast that drops every Thursday. We just released one talking about sex. Well, I mean, other stuff. (laughs) It's going to hype that part up. So, yeah, so we just delve deeply into the character, and it's not like the regular Supernatural podcasts that are rewatch ones. We aren't, we're rewatching, but we're just going season by season, not episode by episode. And that one is, we are on Blue Sky Social. That's the only one I've been, Blue Sky Social. We're on Blue Sky Social, TikTok, threads, and Instagram at It's a Dean Thing Pod. And then on Twitter, I can't remember what the exact handle is, but you can find us there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so next month, it's Jen's choice. Oh, I have a couple. I have a few in mind. So, and they are on the list. So we shall see. I'll just narrow it down, obviously. But yeah. So, but until then, why don't you all listen to my podcast, My Streaming Bubble? Uh, You can find me over there at Twitter. At Streaming Bubble, no my in that. 
Facebook, Instagram threads as my streaming bubble, and you can listen on a podcast player near you. Erin, what'd you forget? <laughs> no, I was like, I forgot to have you promote your podcast to tell you to promote your podcast. I was pulling a Jen. <laughs> that's what Jen does to me on her podcast. Sorry. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's all right. I, I got it in there. See? Smooth like butter. But yeah, so that's where you can find me. Listen. And yeah, you'll love it. Every Sunday, new episodes. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what that was. <laughs> that was hilarious is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for us. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Jiculator. Jiculator. Oh, my 